Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Our topic tonight is ADHD and decision strategies. And with us in our virtual studio is long-term Attention Talk Radio listener, Greg. Um, Yes, long-term listener. um, Reached out, got to know Greg over the years. Spectacular guy. He's agreed to kind of come on our show. Uh, We haven't done something like this before, so we're real excited about our format. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit more in a a second, but real quickly, announcements. Uh, Tonight's show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. in bringing this to you, we've got a few uh, fun things. One is uh, we're promoting Attention Magazine. If you become a member of Chad, you get the magazine, but you also can purchase it on your own. And to sample it, uh, we're giving you the opportunity to listen to this show and another show. And if you write down the secret word, and we will be giving out a secret word uh, during the show, if you write it down and email me at attention, at Attention Talk Radio, we'll send you a PDF copy of the most recent edition of it of Attention Magazine, and uh, a PDF of the upcoming edition of Attention Talk Magazine. So uh, it's a lot of fun. Again, just listen to the show, write down the uh, secret word today, and watch or listen to another show, and send us the email again at attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Uh, Chad's got a uh, tip that we want to play for a second. We'll get into the meat of the show, so let's go. Some adults with ADHD have very successful careers. Others struggle with a variety of challenges, including procrastination and difficulty in managing complex projects. Consider your unique picture as you design strategies and accommodations for the workplace. For the best tips, visit HelpForADHD.org. That's H-E-L-P, the number four, ADHD.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. What that means is they're the ones that are on Capitol Hill uh, lobbying for support. Um, They're also um, reaching out to uh, regulatory uh, agencies um, that basically laws were kind of passed, and they go to regulatory agencies, and um, they're fighting for ADHD in terms of definitions and stuff like that, so we have a voice at the table. Uh, a healthy Chad is a healthy ADHD community because it uh, allows us to speak with a unified voice. Uh, to become a member, uh, just go to chadd.org. Um, we encourage all of our listeners to uh, support the organization uh, for the reason simply is that we need, we need to speak with one voice. Now, while you do that, you get a lot of great member benefits, the magazine, um, access to asset experts and other types of forums. Uh, but needless to say, just go check it out. We encourage you to, to learn more. Um, again, chadd.org. All right. So let's get into tonight's show. Again, tonight is a unique show for us a little bit. Um, uh, Greg is an individual who reached out to me, I think originally by uh, he witnessed one of our attention talk videos. Um, and then we got in some discussions, and uh, we've done some things over the year, and he volunteered to kind of come on uh, the show tonight and talk about ADHD, the decision strategies, mindsets. And uh, with that, Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I have to say I'm very excited and, and, and honored. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting across from Oprah. I can't. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, but, you know, I, I mean that in a funny way, but, but also seriously because I, I've listened to so much of, of your 
uh, stuff, Jeff, and it's invaluable, and, and I really get a tremendous amount, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. So thanks for having me, and, and I'm looking forward to it. Well, no, thanks for thanks for being a long-term listener to the show. I mean, without you, we wouldn't be able to do these things. And thanks for agreeing to come on to, today because this is a little bit different show for uh, for me. Often I'm interviewing somebody or I'm having lived experiences and stuff like that. And our topic today really is ADHD and decisions and just a, a general discussion a little bit about what I've learned over the years about ADHD and decisions. And what I really hope to facilitate is just a conversation, Greg, so that you and I can kind of go back and forth. And I can talk about some stuff so that our listening audience can open their mind a little bit because I think a lot of people with ADHD will notice that they really struggle with decisions. Um, Sure. Uh, it can be a really a bit of challenging, and kind of working with that is a little bit difficult. So I guess from your perspective, are, do you find decisions really pretty easy for you, or do you struggle with them yourself sometimes? So I, I have two areas where I have um, issues with decisions. One is deciding what to do. It's kind of like the overwhelm. You know, I have my to-do list of literally 100 items. Uh, I run a small business, and there's a lot of things to do. Uh, so th- there's that. And then there's the 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 global ones as well deciding to be honest you know what to do with my life so to speak in terms of you know I have a bunch of different career interests that I'm sure a lot of people with ADD struggle with and uh, that would be another decision point I still haven't mastered <laughs> to be honest wow wow so this is great because when I'm working with people um, and this goes this is kind of funny because we're hitting on a couple things because this actually goes for procrastination because a decision sometimes you procrastinate on and I have to tell you one of the biggest issues I find people procrastinate is on ambiguity mm-hmm. and when you say what to do a lot of times it's ambiguous like what should I do what's the most important um, I'm going to hold that piece out of there but there's another piece of this that I think is real important and I did an interview with Dr. Russell Barkley, I think it was April of 2017. We talked about working memory. And working memory is the ability to load thoughts and ideas in your mind and manipulate them. In that show, one of the things that I regularly do with people that I work with is I, there's five words that I tell them, and, and I ask them to repeat them back to me in alphabetical order. And often people with ADHD struggle with it. Half the time they get it wrong or they forget a word. And it's in that moment in that exercise, and I talked to Dr. Barkley about it, is you say, okay, you don't learn anything new. The words that I give you are, are things that you know, and you know the alphabetical order, but it's the organizing those in your mind. That's actually working memory. Working memory is very much of a challenge. And so when you're sitting there and you're maybe thinking about your career decisions or stuff like that and, and making that, sometimes a lot of people with ADHD have a hard time visualizing what it would be like to actually be in that situation. They have the feeling of it, but they struggle to think of what the tactical day-to-day would look like from one to another, and so mm-hmm. that ambiguity kind of paralyzes them a little bit. You, you're, after describing that, thoughts on that? Does that resonate with you, or is it confusing? 100%. No, no, 100%, because it's um... – it's like you've got the cover of the book, but and it's a thick book, but there's no pages. It's it's like yes. you you know what the big picture looks like, but how to actually attack it, or like you said, envision envisioning or visualizing what it's going to look like. It prevents you from from you know reading the book and using that analogy. But yeah, hundred percent. It's funny because you just sparked something that I think is a. a, a I'm going to share this as a personal story. 
when I'm coaching a lot of people, like on career things, sometimes I'm like, go out into the environment and you really want to go on site and see a demonstration of it or whatever. And I'm saying that because when I was in college at Indiana, I, my last semester, I was interviewing with a bunch of organizations, IBM, Xerox, Coca-Cola, Aetna, Beecham, Lieber Brothers, Procter Gamble. But Procter Gamble was one of those where you went through the interview process, you had to do a ride along. And I, I went around with this guy and we walk into grocery stores all the time. You're looking for the purchasing agent. And there was this process that you would kind of go through about how you reach them. And then you'd go to the aisle and you're arguing because you want all the Tide products to be like at eye level in the center. And there was, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it was interesting to me about the dynamics of the purchasing and the fight for shelf space and stuff on the grocery store. And we did that day in, day out, I mean, over and over and over for a little bit of a morning. And I'm sharing the stories because I actually got out and I got to see what the job was like every single day. It was fascinating mm-hmm. to me. But it sounded like this nice cool, sexy thing when I was interviewing, but when I got out there, like, I'm like, there's no way I could do this every day, because I actually got out there and saw it tangibly, so it reduced that ambiguity for me, and didn't tax my working memory, so I was able to see it, yet it sounds really good, but a lot of times it takes a lot of work to go out there and to see that stuff, but that's just an illustration of a, a decision, maybe, career that was ambiguous, and I couldn't visualize mm-hmm. myself where I could go out and do it, so it, it, that makes sense to you? Hundred percent. In fact, if I may, I mean, you're, you're sparking something I yeah, thought please. of about 15 years ago, um, and, and just by the way you described it, this might be a viable idea. Um, I've, I've, of course, I've always had this challenge of deciding what to do and focusing on it long term. And I thought of, wait a minute, if I'm having this problem, maybe there's a million other people that have it as well. Um, again, this is 15 years ago. I'm 50 now, not so young, but but you know, like when I was going through it and uh, it was a service where, just an idea, it was a service where uh, I would go to parents of young adults, let's say college age or even uh, high school age, and take them around to like 20 different careers. On a Saturday, maybe they would um, go to a law office and sit there and, and watch a lawyer do what he does. Maybe another Saturday it would be, you know, uh, watching a, a baby be born or something and working in a hospital, just disparate um, uh, experiences where kids can actually see what's going on day to day in different uh, careers to help them decide the career. So I, I totally get it. Totally get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to dovetail on that. You said to actually see what's going on. It's been said mm. by Dr. Barkley, Dr. Thomas Brown, everybody, people with ADHD, they know what to do. They have a hard time doing what they know to do. And so I'm saying that because earlier you talked about like sometimes in your life you have these things to do and that notion of seeing it like for me, um, I've got an issue going on in my business right now where I need to make a conversion from a platform to another one. In theory, it's just a move. But what I need is Mm. I need somebody to demo it for me, to walk it through that because my working memory is not big enough to simulate it or think through it or understand the questions that are there. And it's funny because I'm having a hard time as you do with internet stuff these days is getting somebody that will walk me through the process so that I can Mm -hmm. to reduce the ambiguity because I'm paralyzed right now to make a decision because I can't see it in my mind. It's not really clear. I don't really know what to do and I'm stuck. Correct. Um, Totally. So I wanted to do that, but there's a, Another concept that I want to kind of put on the table a little bit before we go to a break, and that is, I'll never forget this, Greg. I was coaching this guy one day. I called him and I said, what do you want coaching on today? He said, making decisions. And I said, really tell me about it. He said, you know, 
simple question somebody might come up to me and say, do you like an apple or an orange better? And he goes, for me, my brain immediately goes to like the fall. And he goes, biting into that Granny Smith apple, oh, my God, that was good. But then again, during Christmas, I love that ambrosia salad. By the way, ambrosia salad has got mushrooms and oranges and coconut in it, whatever. And then he goes, but then right. in April, I mean, excuse me, February, I love hot apple cider with that cinnamon stick, but then in the summertime, nothing quenches your thirst <laughs> like orange juice. Right. And it was funny because in that moment, what we began to realize was very contextual, and it was what was really funny for me, uh, Greg, was he was a little bit verbal, and he began to witness how he would always ask other people kind of what they thought about the situation because he could never make a decision. And then he began to realize effectively what he was doing is polling everybody. And if 60% of the people said apples, he'd say, okay, apple. Because if you asked him contextually, which do you like better, an apple or orange in February, he would say an apple because of the hot apple cider. Mm. But the general nature of it was so big, contextually he was paralyzed, and he found himself really kind of pulling the world to go with whatever the most popular um, decision was. And I think a lot of people with ADHD struggle with that because a lot of the way they think is very contextualized. And so in this Mm. situation, all those four options, it's almost like it's equal but you, you can't make the decision until you determine what the assumption is. How does that strike you? What, can you identify with that at all? So, so here's what I'm going to, and listen, I've, just, to, just for everybody listening out there, I'm, I'm a complete lay person, although I've done um, probably a thousand hours or more of, of research on ADD and listening to shows like yours and listening to Dr. Barkley. Um, my intuition, which could be totally wrong, my intuition is telling me that when Dr. Barkley and you talk about time blindness, believe it or not, one might not associate the two, but look at what you just said. This guy can't make a decision because he's thinking of today, tomorrow, next, next year, the summer, winter, fall. Um, whereas, you know, if someone said, listen, you could change your mind tomorrow, but right, right now, what, 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 what do you like better? He could say orange. And be done with it. But the confusion, I'm, again, it's just a guess, you know, but the confusion, my feeling is that the confusion that he has to decide has to do something with time, uh, uh, the, the time blindness possibly that, um, that affects people with ADD. Is it, is, does that resonate with you or did I totally go off? <laughs> but it, but you know, you're, bringing, you're bringing another dynamic into it. So what I was really trying right. to illustrate initially is you've got four different situations that are predicated on a time of the year or a season that really is associated. So it's a different context, a different perspective. There's a, it's a bunch of different words, but the, the assumptions are based off, he can answer the decision based off the time of the year. But if you ask him to make the question without the time of the year, he can argue all those points and kind of can't. Side that you're yeah, bringing in yeah. the time blindness, simulating some of that stuff. And I think I'm really glad that you brought this up because my goal of this show is for those that are listening mm-hmm. is to begin to illuminate the craziness behind all this kind of stuff yeah. and help them with the mindset so they can begin to say some of this isn't so easy. And sometimes you have to acknowledge and say, hey, I can see all the perspectives equally, flip a coin, pick one, because sometimes just as a decision strategy, it comes down to that a little bit to say, hey, listen, they're all yeah. equal, but I've got to choose one and just pick one and go with it as a means to make that decision and realize is that they're all equal, but yeah. you've got to figure something out. And, you know, Down the road, maybe you can change it, maybe you can't, but you did the best with the decision that you did at that point in time. Make sense? Totally, totally. Um, and can I throw, throw something else in, in there real quick? Um, I, uh, there's two ways I've characterized ADD to my friends and other people. 
Uh, one of them is tap dancing on a frozen lake. Okay, because it's impossible because you're slipping and sliding all over the place, right? Um, yep. And the other one is that it's hard to put a stake a stake in the sand. The stake always moves for me or seems to always move for me, right? So it's basically what we're talking about, which is making a decision, taking a stand and saying, this is what I want and this is my goal. It, the the, the goalpost moves uh, for me, and, and yep. that's uh, the same thing, I think, yeah. Well, I'm, it's interesting. I want to go to a break. When I come back, I want to relate what we just talked about to that a little bit to kind of put that in context because I like the stake in the sand. It seems to be moving around a little bit. So, um, mm. everybody, we're going to go to the break. Um, the secret word tonight is decision. Again, the secret word tonight is decision. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk Radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Hey, you parenting a kid who struggles with performance, motivation, or behavior? I'm Cindy Goldrich, parent coach and teacher trainer. Join me to learn how to reduce the chaos and stress and tackle issues such as motivation, setting boundaries, and increasing compliance. I've been helping parents for over 10 years through my nationally recognized parent workshop series, Calm and Connected. Join me for a live webinar, and it's now also available on demand. Go to ptscoaching.com to register today. That's ptscoaching.com. Are you always late? The TimeTimer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with longtime listener Greg. We're having a conversation about ADHD and decisions. The goal of our show tonight is to give you some mindsets and some thought processes to break decisions down, to kind of look at what's there and be able to manage them a little bit. Uh, before the break, I was sharing an experience with somebody that I coached about simple decision, which you better like an apple or an orange, and we talked about the four different times of the year when he would prefer one over the other that were very contextual. And then Greg started talking about the concept of a stake and shifting sand and stuff. And 
over the break, I was really trying to think about the best way to kind of describe this, and I'm not so sure this is – I'm going to give this a shot. I'm not so sure it's going to come out as clear. For the very literal people out there, you might struggle with this. For the more metaphoric, you might kind of get it, but hopefully I'll get it right. And that is, if you began to think of life as any given day you wake up, and it's a certain time of the year based off the apple and orange, and one day you wake up and it's it's November and you prefer oranges because it's ambrosia, and then all of a sudden the next day you wake up and it's um, February and you prefer apples, sometimes the the decision that you have in that stake, it changes based off the parameters and the context of kind of what's going on. And as difficult as this to describe, what I'm hoping is you can begin to sit there and say, hey, sometimes it really is the assumptions that are going into it at any given time. Another way of describing this is that I coach writers at different times that are writing, they're doing arguments and perspectives, and what they'll do is they'll sit down and write an, arg- an article, get tired of it, and read it the next day, and they'll wake up with it looking at the world a little bit differently, and there's an infinite number of perspectives or way to write the article. Um, from different things, and they never actually produce it because they're always looking for that perfect way that everybody's going to get, which doesn't ever happen, by the way. Um, and so you get kind of lost in this perspective loop in terms of making a decision. At some point in time, you have to say, all right, not everybody's going to get this or not everybody's going to understand this, but this is the one that resonates, and you kind of go with it. So I'm going to kind of go back, Greg, in your comment, uh, and maybe you can help help us pr- provide clarity to the listeners. Does that make sense of what I described is that you have these different perspectives or contexts and that stake sometimes and that shifting sand is one day it's one set of circumstances and another day it's another set of circumstances and that's what's changing the decision-making process and you kind of spin around because it changes every day. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it totally does, and, and which can be particularly uh, exacerbating for people with it because um, you, you feel – or when it happens to me, I can only speak for myself. I mean, when I feel like that's happening, it's frustrating because you feel like you are subject to the environment that you're in and not having the um, internal fortitude to say, this is what I want. I'm going to stick with this and, you know, have it be part of my identity, you know? Yeah. Well, some, some days it's what you want based off certain sets of characteristics. Another day it's not just because the circumstances or the way you're looking at it kind of changes. So it's, it's kind of difficult because it's, right. it's ever-changing, which is right. there's actually another thing that I kind of want to throw in there that we can wrestle around with. One of the things that this is a Jeff Copperism, so this is just what I do, is sometimes I have to make a decision, and there's information that I want. But I realize that sometimes I'm never going to have the inf- I'm never going to have perfect information. I'm never going to have what I really, really want to do that. And so sometimes I... I go through this analysis where I write down everything that I know, and I like data points to me, and I sit there and I go, okay, I don't have all good information. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to make a really good decision, so I'm going to pick the best of the worst. Like, it's a bad decision, but I'm going to pick the best of the worst. And I do this analysis, and I sit down, and I put all the data down, and I think, like, okay, this is the data points that I have right now, so I'm going to make the decision that this is the best of the worst so that and I kind of almost mentally mark that point in time. So down the road, if it turns out to be the right decision, no big deal. But if it doesn't work out the way that I want, I go and I said, you know, at that moment in time, I realized I didn't have perfect data. I wasn't going mm-hmm. to be able to get perfect data. I did the best I could with what I had, and logically I came up with something, and for me, that gives me a peace of mind. It takes the emotion because I said, you know, I did the best I could at that point in time. Sure, I would have maybe liked to do it over again, but human 
from a human perspective, there's nothing I can do. So for me, that kind of gives me peace sometimes, and it's a very formalized process. You want to share your thoughts on that? Does that resonate with you? Does that spark something from sure. your side? Sure, sure, sure. So before I learned, well, I was only I was diagnosed when I was 32, and um, I, I up until that point, I knew not that there was something wrong with me, but I knew I could always be better. Um, and life took me because of that through a very circuitous route of of spiritual stuff and personal development stuff and 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 books and tapes and all that stuff. And um, 99%, if not 100% of, of spiritual books if you listen to like uh the, the secret and stuff like that the essence of it is what you just described which is being at peace in the moment right you were you were able to forgive yourself yep. because you you look this is the information i i had at the time and when you can forgive yourself you feel better and it's from that position of feeling better that you take the next highest quality step towards fixing whatever you want to fix or does that make does that does that make absolutely sense? Yeah, and you know yeah. something, the way you described it, it sparked something. It, what it does for me, I think, is I do the analysis, I put it all together, and down the road, it helps me forgive myself, reduce the emotion for maybe if the decision didn't work out the way I wanted because, again, I did the best I could with what I had, and I, right. I reflect back on that. So I don't feel like a bad person. I don't feel Correct. like, you know, whatever, I just acknowledge I, I did the best with what I had. That's all you can expect of anybody. And, you know, downstream, I think for me now that you're asking that question, I'm digging a little deeper. I think it helps with the emotion down the road, and I'm able to downregulate that and let it go and move forward. Right. So um, right. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, and, and if I could throw in also uh, that, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if if most people who have ADD are like me, they, oh, they're, they're experts at beating themselves up. Right. And and what you just again, what you just described as far as forgiving yourself and and being at peace with yourself, because we're, we're all in this ship. You know, we all have a certain part of our, our role in this thing. And when you can do that, you, that's, that's an amazing thing. So I would just if I could just encourage everybody out there to to take it easy on themselves and, and cut themselves a break like you did in that uh, example. And and that, that would that'll be a big help for for people, I think. Wow. I love this is a great segue because one of the other points that I want to bring up, a couple of years ago I did an interview with uh, Elaine Taylor-Kloss at uh, Impact ADHD, and the topic was bullying. And I thought she was going to come on and talk about bullying of kids. I mean, that's kind of how mm. it was, but it was fascinating because that's not what she talked about at all. She talked about adults, and she said basically how people with ADHD bully themselves when they have conflicting values. Let me, nice. let me explain what this looks like a little bit. Greg, you could value yourself as an incredible father, and that's important to right. you to be there with your kids, and, and, and et cetera, right? But you could also value yourself as, you know, a reliable business person. Those are two core mm-hmm. values you hold in high esteem that you want to do. But, you know, hypothetically, if you've got a business meeting set up one night, or excuse me, you have a, a recital or something for your kids set up one night, but all of a sudden there's a business meeting that comes up, and the only time it can be done is during the recital, and there's a whole bunch of people that depend on, on you to be at that meeting. It's a bottleneck. And in that moment, you cannot hold those things that you, you – those core values. They're in conflict, and the cool part sure. about the interview with Elaine is I didn't really I didn't really understand it until we got into it. But she's talked about how people with BDC begin to bully themselves, and and become hard on them because you, you, your values in conflict. You cannot do both of them at one time. 
choosing one right. or the other doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it goes back to what you had said is you beat yourself up, and this notion of sometimes when you're making a decision, you actually have values that are in conflict and letting it, letting it go because it is in conflict. You can't, in that situation, you can't be the dad and the business person at the same time and forgiving yourself a little bit on that decision because a lot of times people will be paralyzed or when they make the decision, the emotional carnage is, is horrific. So does that, sure. does, that, does that resonate with you in terms of the beating yourself up as one maybe possible component of it? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, uh, yeah, I, I would, and that's an, in that scenario, I, I would do my darndest to maybe send a proxy to the business meeting or find some type of hybrid that, that, um, because honestly, the, the, the business people should understand, you know, if, if they're worth doing business with, they should understand that you have a family obligation and, and, uh, you know, you need to take care of that. Um, uh, assuming they're both. You're right. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you really can. I think really what I want to outline is sometimes you just kind of can't. And sometimes you have to back off and say, I can't, it's impossible. And just let it go. I mean, it's just, exactly. You can't be too good one time. So, um, this which, actually brings in that notion of pressure, which I want to kind of talk about a little bit. But before we get into that, I want to go to break so we have some time to cover that. Again, uh, Greg, I'm, I just want to acknowledge I'm grateful that you came on the show and having this conversation. And for everybody out there, our uh, secret word tonight is decision. Uh, again, it's decision with that. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an Edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with longtime listener Greg having a, a great conversation about decisions, uh, strategies, really mindsets, and trying to unpack some of the stuff that's in the background to bring some awareness to what's kind of going on in order to maybe move past decisions. Uh, hopefully, as a better way of putting this maybe is we're, we're, 
we're kind of illuminating a lot of the elephants in, in the room that are not necessarily as visible for people to acknowledge and get around it. And, you know, Greg, one of the ones that, that I find that's pretty profound is that is, that is one of pressure. And I say that because I find a lot of people with ADHD paralyzed because they don't want to make a bad decision. They don't want the pressure of having made a bad decision. And they're always looking for somebody else to do it for them because it's almost like, well, I, you know, it's almost like I made the decision and blew up, but it's not my fault because everybody else told me that I was supposed to do it. Or sometimes we had David Bork on one time. He's got a great book called Permission to Proceed. Sometimes you run the simulations, you know, is it an apple or an orange and da-da-da, or I've got these scenarios, and if somebody says, listens to your logic and said, oh, yes, I, you should do that one, it's almost like you've got that validation and that permission to do it. And I think that this is a big area because um, a lot of times people, they just, they just don't want to be accountable for the decision or they judge themselves negatively for decision, and it just parallels. Does any of that speak to you at all? Yes. So, so as you're saying that or describing that, um, I, um, you know, (laughs) again, I beat myself up for, for what I perceive in myself to be um, deference, right? Deferring to what other people want. Um, so to be honest, I don't know that I feel a lot of pressure because of a different bad thing, which is deferring, right? So, so I run two, I run two businesses and I also do voiceovers. I've like, you know, these, like I said, these multiple careers floating around at once. And if someone were to call me and say, I need you here right now, I go, you know, or if I have an audition, I have a job for you. So I kind of feel subject to, um, uh, the, the environment or external forces saying, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. And that can be frustrating. So, so, uh, you know, if, if I am feeling pressure, it's immediately relieved by the fact that, Oh, sorry, you know, this guy told me yep. I need to be there. So I, so I did it. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. Yep. It's, it's funny. Cause uh, <laughs> as we speak, my son, my youngest son is on a, He's a junior in high school, and he's being recruited for soccer by a bunch of Division One schools. And he's actually on a recruiting trip right now, and we're going to another one on the weekend. And it's funny because he's got all these offers on the table and stuff like that, and he's doing a lot of turning to me and saying, what should I do? And it's funny, like, I can't tell you what to do because you need to make your own decision. And right. he keeps doing this. And, you know, I think it's a scary decision for him. And, you know, in one sense, if I were to say to go to X, Y, Z, and he did it, and it didn't work out, well, Dad told me to go there. It's not my fault. Um, and, and I'm sharing that a little bit because I think some people with ADHD is literally they don't really want it to be their fault or whatever, and they can make a decision if they can if, if the pressure's not on them to get it right. And I think some of this goes back if you go back to at least this is a Jeff Copperism um, is like hey I made the best decision on the school that I did at the point in time Correct. I did it, it didn't work out or whatever. But um, again I think a lot of times people do this and a lot of times I think people don't make decisions because literally in a business environment. Um, if you're the, the entrepreneur or the CEO or whatever, or the manager, you don't want to make the tough decision because if it all blows up, um, you don't really want to be the scapegoat. So it's a lot easier to get a committee to make it and say, oh, well, I didn't make the decision. They did. Um, now, that can work on your behalf. Is if, you, if you recognize it and you're with ADHD and say, I want the committee to make the decision to take the pressure off of me, you can search for that. Or you can sit there and say, I'm one of those people who I'm always searching for that. I don't like to be wrong and begin to think about how can you figure this out a little bit? Because just that 
oppressive pressure of that stuff is paralyzing you, not making the decision. And the topic today is how do you make those decisions and move forward, which again, I'm hoping this show is stimulating your thought because how you do this is as an individual as your person, person, and maybe you don't like what we said here today, but maybe it's sparked something that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah, sure. Now, let, yeah, definitely. Now, there, there's one little piece, too, that I'd like to throw in there. You know, the way you describe the, uh, let's say, the pain or the failure or whatever of what that, that hypothetical situation, um, there seems to be a, like a, a, a finality to it that, that um, I would love to, to kind of change to say, you know, I just read a, a, literally this morning somewhere in, in, a, in a, um, like a motivational uh, book that said, you know, I either win or I learn, right? So if there was somebody in front, sitting in front of me that was like, oh, I made this really bad decision, what I would do or try to do to help them would be to, to challenge the finality of it and say, wait a second, did you really fail here or did you learn something? You know, that could help release the pressure as well. If, if you knew or someone knew that there was no such thing as failure, that would reduce the pressure, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's funny. At the last um, the 2018 <laughs> International Conference on ADHD, there was a presentation talking about growth mindset, and Ari Tuckman and I did a show on this. And the growth mindset is is when you're sitting there to make a decision, the only there's no there's no failure. It's only learning. And that focus on learning, they've documented mm. to show that people that focus on the learning from a decision perform long term much better than Correct. the people that are just focused on the outcome. And it's a mindset that, by the way, everybody, mindsets are one of those things. You don't do it overnight. It, it transforms over a period of time, which is a lot of coaching is some of that stuff. And, you know, Greg, I'm hearing that you've been reading books over a period of time. It's not like you got it all at one time. You morph yourself over to that. Um, another example is I did an uh, interview with Lydia Zilowski years ago on mindfulness, and we talked about mind shifts and um, a change in attitude and the notion of writing a gratitude journal every day for a period of time because you just can't say I'm grateful today. It's an exercise that you do over a long period of time. I've done this myself. It took about three years where I was writing on the page, I'm grateful for this, and there were words mm. on the page. About three years later, they were, it was different. I meant it. Right. I thought I meant it before, but mind shifts are a little bit gradual, and, and, I'm, and I'm kind of sharing this is, in this process today's discussion is really to kind of help you get everybody embarked to, to kind of shift that mindset. And then again, going back, moving the decisions to it's about learning and that gross mindset is another really good strategy to take the pressure off and, and stop beating yourself up as a means to move past this. The goal is to learn from the decision, not necessarily to be right. So I'm really glad you brought that point up. hundred percent. definitely, um, And that's why people should, got, uh, should keep listening to your show because um like I do, I, I'm not kidding. I do every day because it's very, like you said, you learn over time and, and you build these strategies. So, and so, it's, I, actually, I'm glad that you say that because I, I'd like to kind of go on, but for a time perspective, the one thing that we've talked about working memory being in the decision making process. The other thing I want to eliminate because I've learned from Dr. Barkley, ADHD is a self-regulation issue with a working memory deficit. That's it. So impulsivity is self-regulation. Distractibility, self-regulation. The emotional right. impulse is all self-regulation. You can all boil it down to that and the ability to jog things in, in your mind a little bit. And I think I lost my train of thought here. Um, oh, a lot of times people with ADHD, they go through an analysis and mm -hmm. then they just make an impulsive decision. It's like, 
or they just right. jump to it because they don't want to go through the analysis. And I want to illuminate that sometimes the simulations in your mind to get the picture become so overwhelming and you're taxed, mm-hmm. or it takes so much time to document it and put it all down mm-hmm. so the picture that you get exhausted with that mental exercise and you make that emotional decision, which goes to self-regulation. And I really want to illuminate to me how the working memory in that self-regulation core ADHD, again, if you've got a complex decision and you've got to see it in your mind and you can't hold it all in your mind, you can only hold parts of that picture, it gets frustrating after a while, so you'll have a tendency to make an impulsive decision of self-regulation or not to make a decision at all. And some of the things is sometimes get it out, put it down, try to make it visual, try to work with some other people, and get outside in, in, inputs from some of that. Say, you know, what, here's the scenario. One of the things that I've learned over the years is, is when, you're, when, you're, when you're going out and you're making decisions, sometimes don't ask people for their opinion about what you should do with <laughs> the decision because sometimes people will give you their opinion and it might not be right, right for you, but when somebody shares their opinion with you, they expect you to take it, so there's pressure. But go, right. what's your experience? What's your experience buying a car? Or what's your experience in how you did something like that? Because when they're sharing their experience, they're no longer telling you how to do it. It's just you can kind of take it or leave it a little bit. And a lot of times right. you can gather information to simulate some things in order to make a decision by saying, what's your experience like? Again, asking their opinion, they're going to tell it to you, and there's a certain amount of obligation and pressure that kind of goes along with that. But if you just say, what's your sure. experience, a lot of stuff melts away. So. Sure. Um, Plus, if you ask enough, if you ask enough people, you'll get so many opinions that you won't you won't know which one to pick anyway. Sometimes it's just a matter of you hear it all, and you say, "Oh, listen, I got I got to pick the best of the worst," and kind of going on. So, any right to wrap this up, any any last thoughts or things that you want to share before we close it out? Uh, just that um, I, you know, I call it being in the conversation, uh, which may have been what helped spark this. You know, today. Um, uh, I just encourage people to keep listening, keep listening and, and uh, uh, you know, keep searching for, for these types of, of tips. You know, this is great. Yeah. So again, I like everybody I've learned over the years, tips and strategies are one thing to mindset, everything describes mm. you a couple of mindsets along the yes. way is for me. I sit down, my mindset is I, I, I document it. I go to the best of the worst. I make the decision. I write it down. And so down the road, emotionally, I don't beat myself up. Or the mindset is, is, hey, I've got core values. They're in conflict. I can't do anything about it. You let it go. Or you sit there and say, hey, whenever I've got a big, big decision, I'm trying to diffuse the pressure. It changes the solutions. And what I was hoping from tonight's show, and, and I'm grateful for you, Greg, coming on, is to have this conversation so I spur the thought for everybody out there who's listening, not necessarily going to solve your problem, but my hope is it sparks an idea and will help you out. So with that, Greg, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome time. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We hope you got something out of it. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.